0: (laughs) welcome to the north podcast i'm erin
1: i'm brandon (coughs) quite ready. Hold on. <laughs> Get in position. The
0: uh, the North Podcast is where we discuss all kinds of children's media. Usually the weird, sometimes the bad. Usually the bad. Usually the bad.
1: And uh, what are we talking about tonight?
0: We're talking what? about your favorite Christmas movie. It might be. Polar I'm not, Express. I'm not sure. It First is of all, I want mine. I just
1: want to welcome back to the podcast a repeat guest who was with us a couple episodes ago. I'd like to welcome back Mucus man.
0: Hey, mucus man.
1: I have a confession to make. I've been keeping something from you. I am mucus man.
0: No, no, I knew that.
1: No. Oh. <laughs>
0: All right. That is not a secret.
1: I'm. I think we're, I'm going to experiment with a new. Um, let me pause while Aaron get that exactly, just exactly where you want it to be.
0: Now it is. And
1: then it cannot move again because now it, it is creates a thunderous noise on the recording. Well. Um, uh, I'm going to experiment with a new method of increasing listener engagement by frequently audibly blowing my nose. And I think that it will increase dramatic tension in the podcast.
0: We can edit it out in post, right?
1: No. I'm going <laughs> to I'm, gonna, I'm gonna add more in. Oh, man. I'm going to copy one of them and paste it in throughout uh. randomly to sort of create an element of spontaneous excitement.
0: Well, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to just... Random Wilhelm screams.
1: What's that? I not hear you.
0: You are so gross. In
1: my nose. Um, <clears throat> it's mucus season here in the nork household.
0: Just on that 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 side of the studio.
1: Yeah, why don't I don't understand how you manage to avoid the rampant? I don't have tonsils. Per- Persistent illness that this this is like a plague house.
0: I don't have tonsils. Everyone
1: is constantly ill. At I don't
0: all have the disease vectors known as tonsils. I don't know. I'm, everybody else you know, does.
1: i've been've been, I've been pooing it for years now but at, 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 you know at age forty one, I may get my tonsils removed.
0: I'll feed you ice cream for a week. That's fine
1: this well, you're more not I can supposed take. to have
0: you're not supposed to have ice cream because it makes you mucousy. right Because dairy, and then you're not it's supposed to have dairy. fruit because of acid. So what are you gonna eat?
1: I don't know. And most, most of the things that I enjoy eating already are, are – are
0: Purees, prunes.
1: So, well, so Soylent. I'm going to take right. a moment to put a plug out there for Soylent, which is the basis of most of my calories, but wreaks havoc with my mucus production. And uh, carbonated beverages, which is the other 50% of what I drink in a, any given day, which likewise.
0: So y- um, you're a, you were an early adopter – of soylent yeah and yeah, now was... it's in target so i know
1: i i and i drank soylent before it was cool and now it's everywhere well
0: i i, I, I that's arguable whether it's cool or not
1: all i know is i lost over 40 pounds
0: that part on a, on i mean
1: a, on a it, mostly soylent the diet.
0: thing the thing that it is that is cool is that it worked for you
1: right i mean it's not it's not a weight loss it is not marketed, nor should it be thought of as a weight loss device or no. a method of weight loss. But it, it did accomplish that for me. All right, so uh, we are in fact going to discuss a movie I have strong strong feelings about, uh, both good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. And, uh, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm going to be able to elucidate or sufficiently articulate uh, my 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 thoughts on this movie which are quite complex, but we're gonna give it a shot. The movie in question is the Polar Express.
0: I, I on the other hand am, am almost Polar Express agnostic.
1: Yeah, so you've you seen you made it, me watch it once. You watched it once. And I, I said, think, This
0: is too weird for me I to don't, ever watch again. I
1: don't feel like you actually paid any attention to it. It was I think you were in the room while it was playing, but you were probably on your phone doing something.
0: I was I was probably second screening, but yeah. I I mean I, I tuned in for the weird
1: parts. It requires I think to get the most out of it requires close attention, because there's a lot going on here, which we're going to unpack, discuss, dissect in in great detail this evening.
0: So, How much could be going on? So it's a movie for children.
1: Join us, won't you?
0: <laughs> Stay tuned. Pull, pull up
1: a chair. Get, get your favorite beverage. Uh, I would recommend some edibles, maybe, for this movie. <laughs> some ayahuasca. Does uh, Beowulf make a cameo? Uh, maybe. I mean, there's so much going on here that I'm not going to rule it out. It's possible that he was in one of these scenes, and I just, you know, I, maybe on the next viewing, I'll be able to, to pick that out. Um, so, so, I guess you've already said this. Your history with this movie is that you, you know, saw one time of my urging, and that's it. Um...
0: But I I read the book when I was little, although it did not make a huge impression on me.
1: So I had never seen the book. I paged through it the other day at Target um, very quickly just to see how closely it hewed or how how closely the movie hewed to the book. Um, Chris
0: Van Allsburg, Caldecott winner.
1: Okay. This book is. Yeah. They are only roughly uh, similar uh, in the broad strokes. All of the things... All of the things that make this movie interesting to me are, 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 are specific to the movie and are not found in the book.
0: It, it does do a good job, if I recall correctly, of the book. It translates the look of the book into the movie quite well.
1: Yeah, it, um, although it has its own take on it, which, which we'll see. Well, sure. Um, so I, I had not seen this um, prior to uh, taking our older son to see it. Maybe it's not. I, it, it seems to me that there is some sort of cult resurgence of interest in this movie because I know when it came out it was widely panned, I believe, critically yeah um, and didn't and wasn't a huge success, I don't think but um, in our town anyway, now every Christmas they're showing this not just once but multiple times they're showing it. In the form of, of parties, of movie parties. Well and, so it's and sponsored they're sold out. I mean it's 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 packed whenever they, they do these. So. It's it's
0: sponsored by like local area nonprofits. Yeah. So there could be uh, you like our nonprofit, go see this movie and have a way of donating to us.
1: Right. So I, I guess what I don't know is is this um, is this just a local phenomenon? that This movie has latched onto the local imagination, or, or is this uh, becoming a modern-day c- classic Christmas movie? I, I don't know the answer to that.
0: I mean, if I, if I'm, you know, choosing a movie for my nonprofit charity viewing for the Association of Awesome People, um, yeah. I, I might choose Christmas Chronicles.
1: Uh, sure.
0: I would not choose I this don't movie.
1: Know. You well you wouldn't, but well let's so let's just start and, and let's let's talk about what's going on here. Uh, so I think the first thing we should just go ahead and discuss is the animation. Okay. This, this CGI at the time, uh, which is this is two thousand and four, I want to say mid two thousands. Yeah, early to mid two thousands. I remember this being a huge point of contention among the critics was that the animation was spooky. That it was deeply in the uncanny valley, and it was very unsettling, and there, uh, the the dead-eyed uh, expressions on the characters, and, the, and it was very off-putting. And so that I never saw this movie, but that was my my take home from reading the reviews was, was that the animation was weird and creepy. I think it's fine, and I'm saying that watching in 2018, where we've got computer-generated fanos, so you can barely tell, uh, is not. a Big purple person. Um, I think it's fine. It's not great. It's not state of the art. But I think, for especially considering it was from 2004, I think it's perfectly fine and that the complaints were overblown. What do you think?
0: I think it depends on the character. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this. We've got a freeze frame of the um, protagonist up on the screen. I, I think he looks fine, especially since he's sideways to my eyes right now. Yeah. But the Tom Hanks train character has some weirdness about well, him. Well,
1: you're right about this. They're, I think it, it looks like they paid a lot more time and attention to some characters than to others. And the the, the little boy who's the protagonist, yes, I think he's generally well done. Um, There's some of them where it seems like they're like, oh, whatever. People aren't going to pay as so much attention to that one. And right. They, they it's like when they,
0: when they paste people in the crowd in the background yeah. where it's just like, oh, yeah, that's the same patch of people over and over again.
1: The weirder thing to me, when I watched this, I assumed... That it had not been motion captured, and that they and that that was why the the animation is kind of janky at times in in, in the sense that the movements are a little weird; and they don't quite seem human. Um, but I was surprised to learn that it was in fact mo Yeah. Mo-capped. Yeah. Um, and so that I don't get yeah. because there there is quite a bit of weird, jerky, robotic-looking movement, and I don't know if that's a a. A side effect of, of this being early in the mocap days,
0: I think but so. so was
1: so was Gollum from Lord of the Rings, and he did yes, pretty but, pretty but, lithe And
0: but and Gollum smart. was played by Andy Serkis, who is the man who does this.
1: Yeah, he's so he's the standard. They should have gotten Andy Serkis to play all of these roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never quite get it. It's always funny when um, when uh, in animation these days, like, let's say that they get Ewan McGregor to do the voice for you know. Shrek's grandson or whatever the fuck is out in the years <laughs> and then they also have Ewan McGregor do the mocap acting for right. the character and I'm like well, who fucking cares yeah who no, cares? nobody that, cares that's, that's stupid but they do, they, they do that a lot um, so anyway I well thought... it depends on
0: if if like like I, I, all I can think of is Angelina Jolie's mocap and uh,
1: Beowulf that was right. a big deal you could have gotten the guy who delivered the catering that day to do that and it would have been fine
0: I mean, wasn't it a big deal about how her monster body was sexy?
1: You, but but you can superimpose whatever sexy body you want on Joey from the deli down the street. Sure. Just be like strut your hips a little bit, Joey. We'll edit that out in post and put some yeah. some Angelina Jolie lips on there.
0: It's probably easier if you're not morphing a couple sides down. It's like clothes; you can't tailor down a coat like four sizes. I don't know. It, especially in these days of motion capture. I mean, I don't know.
1: I, don't don't. Don't ruin this because I'm currently, I mean, you know that I'm auditioning for that role in the upcoming Jennifer Aniston movie that I'm going to play her part.
0: Oh, I thought you were auditioning for Blue Man Group because you're tall and bald. <laughs> I
1: mean, tr- true. The, the point of the joke, though, was that it was, it was a completely unlike me, not exactly like me. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, Blue I'm, Man Group's that motion a role of Bald Lurch. In the reboot of the Adams family. Yeah, that works. That works <laughs> for me. Because that is exactly what I am. <laughs>
0: I mean, I didn't say that. You did.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, so animation is fine. Whatever. I'm not detracted from it. So this this show this movie starts with a boy who is I don't know ten. What's yeah. supposed to be that's
0: the threshold Ten-ish. that's the standard threshold of maybe believes in Santa maybe doesn't yeah, he's, he's 9 10 11 our he, prime right years for figuring the, it out yeah he's on the
1: abyss he, he's on the, the the abyss of nihilism and utter spiritual destruction so he's you yeah of, of, <laughs> of disbelief and so it's Christmas Eve. He uh, gets out of bed and goes and and pokes around downstairs and he's dismayed to see that Santa's treats are still sitting out there. He thinks he might hear Santa, but no, it's just his dad putting his sister to bed. There's a scene of him spying on, on them as his dad puts his sister to bed by peeking through a keyhole, which is a trope in movies that I'm not sure has ever been reality. Have you ever successfully peeked through a keyhole?
0: Um, I have not been in very many buildings that have keyholes. Yeah. Um, I feel like I might have at my college. Yeah. Because the buildings were super old, or at least some of them were. Right. And so there might have been keyholes well, for me plus to look that through. that
1: was, that's a all-woman's college where there's a lot of peeking through keyholes going on there at an all-woman's college. Am I right?
0: Stereotyping.
1: That's my impression, but I think I'm right. Ugh, gross. I'm getting a look.
0: Yeah, you are. You're going to get a smack later, too, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I think this is something I've tried, but I, I'm not sure there exists a keyhole that's so, that offers such a wide porthole of view, as you often uh, see portrayed. In-
0: My favorite movie keyhole thing is where the key is in it, and you shove like a pin or whatever in yeah. it and it falls on the paper and then right. you pull the and you key pull the door. Yeah. Right. and then you classic. escape from your room classic snidely whiplash has, has or whatever never
1: happened in the history of doors or locking mechanisms but a classic maneuver nonetheless now i
0: want to try it yeah <laughs> i gotta find a door with a keyhole though
1: <laughs> it'd be kind of fun for one of the boys to replace their doorknob with an old-fashioned knob with a gigantic fucking keyhole yeah a...
0: all right I'll let you find
1: that. And then lock them in there and say they can't have dinner until they find a way to escape. And see if they figure out the old ruse of poking the key out of the keyhole.
0: All right, Charles Dickens. Yeah,
1: I like it. Uh, so, uh, and, the, and then the boy uh, goes and pulls out this folder that he has.
0: He's clearly established, They're clearly establishing the character as being very close to not believing in Santa. Because well. he told his sister all this stuff about how Santa is maybe not real and then he's got this file he's yeah got this file of evidence where like this this, <laughs> this like newspaper article of santa's being on strike and like a norman rockwell picture of a boy finding a santa costume yeah
1: and he's collected all this evidence it, what it reminds me of is the movie uh, a, a movie where the detective has has broken into the serial killer's house and they find the evidence room where the guy has kept all the newspaper yeah. clippings of all the people he's murdered yeah. and their driver's licenses and locks of their hair right. and all of that. Except okay. instead of that, it is evidence that Santa doesn't exist. Yeah.
0: He doesn't have enough, like, strings tying pieces oh, of things to each other. That's what
1: they should have done. Yeah. All these newspaper clippings up on the wall with twine tied yeah. all together. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's all becoming clear to me. And then there's like a... a, a, a and a beautiful mind moment yeah. where all the pictures are swirling around and he yeah. comes to a sudden realization.
0: He, he writes out an equation and yeah. the answer is Santa doesn't equals exist. Equals
1: no Santa. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. A missed opportunity.
0: They didn't um, ask me.
1: And then, uh, and, and then he looks up the North Pole in his encyclopedia, which is funny because the like first sentence of the, the, the opening statement on the Encyclopedia Brit- Britannica entry on North Pole is, Devoid of life. False. <laughs> we, that's not true. It's not okay. Sure. Yeah, it's not devoid of life. I just think that's a funny way to open up. It's like, what's the entry on North America say? All kinds of all kinds of life. Yeah. It's full. full of shit. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish it said full of shit. That'd be amazing. <laughs> we should do the flip to the, the next the page. North encyclopedia. Yeah. Where every entry is either all kinds of shit or a ah, little bit of stuff. <laughs> Or fucking Zill. The, the,
0: he just had to turn back, like, just a couple pages. North Pole, North America, they're close to each right. other.
1: Maybe like, maybe this can be a side project as we can work on it. A, a, the, 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 the North, North, North Encyclopedia. Like the
0: Devil's Dictionary.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, then his, his parents come to check on him, and he jumps into bed, and, and they're, like, whispering, like, oh, his last year of this blissful ignorance not knowing the realities of the world and that there is no Santa
0: well so and... you can you can tell that he's he's not five years old because he manages to keep a sleeping face when he closes his eyes because right. if you if you walked on, on in on a five-year-old doing this ask me how I know they'd be eyes closed but like with a real big and grin on their face right
1: hey, demonstrate for the listeners how our son Fake snores. What he believes a oh, snore yeah. sounds like. I was
0: just doing this upstairs. Ha, shoo, me 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 yeah. me 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 me.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cute. It's, <laughs> it's a
0: little ridiculous.
1: It's quite ridiculous, it, but it's it's cute. So anyway, yeah, they're whispering about what a travesty it's going to be. I'm gonna get into this more later, of course. But what a what a utter travesty it's gonna be when he doesn't believe in this fictional character anymore.
0: Well, it um, is it is a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's it's not a n-
1: well, nihilist I,
0: atheist movie. Like
1: we'll get into this again at the risk of just repeating myself from Christmas Chronicles rant that I went on, uh, but I'm gonna do a little bit of a different take on it this time. Okay. All
0: but, right, Mucus Mia.
1: Let me just. I'm put, ready. I'm gonna put a teaser out there mm. by saying that this. Is a bullshit notion, and I will back that up.
0: What is a bullshit notion? The bullshit notion
1: that it's that it's a that it's a, a horrible travesty that a kid doesn't believe in Santa Claus anymore. I think this is nonsense, and we'll discuss further. Okay. At the appropriate time later. Cool. Um, let's do it. Uh, well, all right. Let's do it about let's say half an hour. We'll we we'll meet back here. Okay. And and go over it. Okay. Put cool. On your calendar, are you free? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I got something.
0: I'm going to be in this room talking to you. I've
1: got something, actually. Let me move. Let me see if I can move that. Reschedule that. Okay.
0: Is uh, it a date with me?
1: Uh, it, oh, it is. Oh. I think I'm good. Okay. Actually. Then okay. I think you're good. Let's proceed. Uh, so the, they're like, all right, he, uh, uh, a freight train wouldn't wake him up. And oh,
0: yeah, that that was on the nose. Because
1: what happens immediately after this?
0: The, the, the freight, Polar freight, Express shows up.
1: Guess it's not a freight train per se, but a train train, a train. A train does in fact uh, appear. So he does close his eyes, and I think you're meant to wonder if he did fall asleep or not. Um, I mean,
0: I guess his eyes were closed for like three seconds.
1: Well, yeah, it's not entirely sure, because then he looks at the clock and time has passed, I believe. Um, it's cheating. So it's, it's not clear if he fell asleep or not.
0: That's um, the magic of cinematography.
1: Occur. That's right. A little movie magic. And uh, a tremendous ruckus arises outside, and he goes to uh, check it out. And wouldn't you believe it, it is a train outside.
0: So I would be incredibly disappointed if I walked out of my house, and the train in front of my house on the street with no train tracks was this train and not the time-traveling train from Back to the Future 3. Well,
1: of course you would be. Of course you would be. Everyone would be. Because that's what you would be expecting. You would be expecting it's finally happened. Yeah, it's finally what I've dreamed of for twenty years has finally happened, and Doc Brown is here in the in the time train.
0: Twenty, more so like how long thirty. Thirty,
1: is it thirty? Is that movie thirty? I guess it. Nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, you're right. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, but when did you start really fantasizing about going on a time travel adventure on the train?
0: As soon as I saw Back to the Future so, three, okay, which so came 30, out in nineteen ninety one. It's filmed back to back with Back to the Future two.
1: Right. Uh, so the train. The, the 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 train is wreathed in fog and snow uh, yeah, it slowly dissipates as it as it, as it glows in the moonlight it
0: sort of reminds me of uh the like underneath shot of the destroyer whatever in star wars you know, yeah. They can't quite get underneath it because you know it's a train and not
1: a spaceship right but
0: it's like reminiscent of that kind of iconic shot
1: it is it's it's, it's, it's not, well it's not filmed at all, but if it were to be filmed, the camera would be on the ground, maybe a little in a little bit of a hole in the ground, sort of looking up at the train. It is a stri- So I'll, this is what I want to say about the scene is this, I find it quite striking in a very sp- unusual way in that um, I think it, it looks good. this is a very interesting and, and, and striking visual, that this I think sets the tone. For the movie, for me, in that it is pretty creepy. I've, See, I've, I don't get the creepy. I find from it us. eerie. It's eerie. It is. It, it, oh, it's. I think it's absolutely creepy because this, like you said, there's no train track out there. This train appears. It is not cartoonish. It is not loud and cheerful. It's not like oh, boop Here's the Christmas train. No, it is this loud train that created an earthquake in his room it is roaring it comes to the screechy stop it's there's nothing pretty about it it's it's shrouded in mist
0: what if you're a steampunk aficionado a what a steampunk aficionado then it's pretty Then you
1: have a huge erection when you're watching this there you go which is also creepy so it goes right there. you go Um, they don't
0: fuck trains that's not what steampunk is about so
1: They add, they most certainly do fuck trains. I don't even, yes.
0: No. Yes. No, they make corsets out of train things. Steampunk
1: aficionados, write in and tell me how many trains you fucked. I don't want to know if you do, just tell me the number. More or less than five. Whether or not you find this movie as interesting as I do will hinge on if you find it as creepy as I do.
0: I find it creepy, and, but not for these reasons. Yeah,
1: and I, well, I, I, to me, watching this, I keep thinking of uh, the term "uncanny" in the sense that Sigmund Freud used it, which is something that is, you know, one half step removed from anything comprehensible in your day to day life that is recognizable and yet completely unfamiliar simultaneously. And and to me, that's what this is. So the first time I watched this, I remember thinking, oh, wow, what, what is happening here? Because this is a very unusual kind of scene for a children's Christmas movie to have such a powerful, odd, and unsettling image to lead things off, I, I thought.
0: It's dark. I'm not going to argue with that. All right. Upon further viewing, I... I consider this to be creepy it's it's very ominous
1: we, we we pause the recording real quick to watch the uh watch the scene in question
0: yeah so the thing is what makes this even more creepy is that the reason like this kid should not this sh- kid should have stranger danger about this train but you know why he gets on it why tom hanks says so
1: tom hanks says so the other thing to keep in mind is tom hanks is the 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 voice of the conductor is tom hanks yeah the voice of his dad is tom hanks i believe the voice of the boy is tom hanks i think almost every male character in this is tom hanks hmm, okay um the, the maybe the boy isn't but almost all of the male figures are tom hanks so the conductor is his dad with a little little bit of a different voice yeah okay um Which is all in and of itself a little puzzling, what exactly the rationale for that is. This movie, they spent a lot of money on this. Tom Hanks isn't cheap. They could just have easily have found anybody to do these lesser voices. Yeah. They don't need Tom Hanks to do the voice of the dad, who's got like three lines in the whole movie.
0: Well, so is it trying to be like a fever dream? Like like wizard of oz the tin man is actually the guy who works on the farm right
1: i mean i think that's one interpretation of this is that all of the male figures are his dad and he's projecting all of this onto the men but anyway yes you're right so the conductor comes off he says all aboard and the boy walks up to him and it's like what's going on here
0: yeah american america's granddad says fine or dad i I think you'd be offended if i said granddad
1: jovial uncle
0: is david s pumpkins gonna show up in this movie?
1: Any questions? I've lots of questions. So the conductor says to the boy, who's not ever named in this, I, I don't believe. I think, just I think he's just called the boy. The boy. He's like, well, let me look at my notes here. You haven't written a letter to Santa this year, you've not visited the fake Santa at the mall, blah blah blah. This is a crucial year for you. As if an intervention could be performed to extend the Santa belief indefinitely. So as, as though, you know, oh, if we just turn, if we just nip this in the bud now, then you can go for the rest of your life and believe in Santa Claus. So
0: I, I just had sort of a meta thought here. Most Santa Claus movies, unless they're like for really little kids, but like once you get into a little bit older, they're all about whether people believe in Santa or not. Isn't right. that a big tip off that maybe he's not real?
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're a kid and every single Santa show is uh, arguing about whether Santa exists or not. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
0: I mean that. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why would you have to argue about it so much if he was real? You'd just be like, "It's a documentary." Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's
0: weird. Okay. Anyway, that he would, almost. It would
1: be funny. What if there, some other topic like um, anything? Let's say fast food, because there's a documentary "Supersize Me," for example. Let's say you decided, you know, I'm interested in fast food. I'm going to watch uh, four or five documentaries over this coming week on the fast food industry in America. Yeah. But every single one of them actually focused on, does fast food exist? Right. I mean, everyone talks about McDonald's, but... Does McDonald's exist? Yeah. After three or four of these, you'd be like, "Am I losing my fucking mind?"
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the world is gaslighting What's going here. on here? So yeah, yeah, yeah
1: no. You 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 would think that a uh, self-aware child would at some point start to wonder why the fuck all these movies are about the ex- the the existence of Santa. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The th- the thing is though is that if you I don't think I thought this, but I could see a kid being like, "Well, if Santa doesn't exist, then I'm not going to get presents anymore."
1: Right. Yeah, that's the weird kind of kid logic that it makes sense at the moment to them. Yeah. And so you're positing that maybe they intentionally prolong the belief because they think that that their that, that their presence are contingent upon it.
0: Yeah, I mean, not necessarily consciously, but maybe consciously too.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is probably true, because I think that writ large, this is an explanation for the persistence of religion in this society, because people suspect that if they let themselves not believe, then they won't get to go to heaven uh, when they die. And so they will not allow themselves to contemplate otherwise.
0: There's this awesome letter in the uh, Slate Care and Feeding parental advice column, which was, our son wrote us, wrote Santa a letter this year, and all he wants is proof that Santa exists. And and oh the God. the answer was like either this is like this is like trolling yeah because um you can't there's no way to answer this yeah and so it was basically just like a fuck you to your parents yeah and no, and, and, and they were like to... I applaud you I applaud this kid for for the the audacity of this uh, gambit right because what do you
1: do you've got two choices you either just you either just flat out lie yeah. Because at this point, that's what it is. It's no longer just perpetuating a fun sort of myth. Now it's just exactly. flat out bald lie. Exactly. Um, or the jig is up and you're like, all right, you got us. Yeah. Yeah. So you're painted into a corner. This is yeah, the, yes.
0: That's, that's, why, that's why the guy gave him, the, the, the advice giver it's gave brilliant. him a slow clap. The brilliant
1: Machiavellian strategy for yeah. this young tyke.
0: I really hope our kids pull that on us. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I hope it doesn't come to that. And, the, the, and that the, the forces of rationality will prevail in this household.
0: But it's and, not, but it's not about that.
1: And that the myth of Santa Claus will be trod upon by a heavy boot.
0: Well, but but the, the the point is that they've already figured it out, right? And they're just well,
1: possibly. I mean, that was that's one way to to, to read that. The well, other that's
0: to, what I want to have you happen. Read it
1: that way, in which is a very cunning strategy. You can read it in a more des deci- a, a much more pitiful manner in which this child truly desperately wants to believe and is just you know this is what people do when they're like god just give me a sign that you exist i'm yeah i'm miserable my life is meaningless i just need you to exist please show me something and 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 of course nothing happens but that's what this is like it's, I, I, heart, it's actually quite heartbreaking
0: i mean i i really think this kid was just getting his parents i Let, really let's do.
1: let's choose to believe that okay um, so the boy gets on the train. Another spooky, weird moment here as he as he goes through town. And he's looking out the window, and it's just sort of everything is dark. There is a rather forlorn-looking snowman who, I guess, the wind is supposedly blowing its arm, and it kind of sadly waves after the. It's the boy. snow.
0: It's the snowman in front of his house.
1: Yeah, yeah. he well, made it's, that it's snowman waving goodbye to him. Yeah. Uh, in a weird, slow, creepy, creepy manner.
0: He almost says. Woo.
1: What, the snowman does? Yeah. That would be nice. I'd like to do an edit of this where I voice dub over... Woo. Like, Get on the fucking train, kid.
0: <laughs>
1: Such sights I have to show you. <laughs> and then the snowman's like, Whoa, don't do it. He's going to touch you.
0: <laughs> so you're going to list, like... Gary Busey to do the voices? No, I'm going to do all the voices. Oh, you're going to do it. I'm okay. going to do them all.
1: Who else is going to no know what no one will be able to I
0: think, I handle
1: think... the PR storm <laughs> that would <laughs> You know, you know who would? upon any professional actor. Adam Carolla. He might do it. He would do it. Yeah. He, he would
0: do it in a heartbeat. fuck with people. Yeah.
1: Uh, or I guess, well, who's the guy who played Kramer? <laughs> uh, Michael uh, Richards. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's got nothing going on. Yeah. Come, come beyond my trolling overdub of uh, Polar Express, Michael Richards.
0: The conductor finds him like hanging on the off the side of the train. He's like, no, you got to get in the train. And he he goes in the car, which is already filled with children who are singing some like Polar Express song. Right. And I will admit his face perfectly captures the emotion that I would have, which is holy hell. Who are all these kids? Yeah. I made the wrong decision.
1: <laughs> yeah, what did I do? <laughs> Get We've me all off. been kidnapped. Yeah, we were being going to be sold into to child slavery. Well, no, no,
0: no. It's not even that. It's not even the like danger aspect. It's the I have to hang out with a bunch of other singing children.
1: Right. No, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I absolutely get that. And like, holy shit, I'm gonna have a peaceful, quiet Christmas Eve, and I have to hang out with all these kids.
0: He, he does not seem to have the the realization of danger. He has the like annoyance and shyness.
1: Yeah. So, he, so he comes in. Um, he meets this girl um, who becomes the whatever the sidekick, teammate, or, or whatever of the movie.
0: Her head is, like, an adult head, and her body is a child body. Like, we the are... proportions are all wrong.
1: I'm just going to state that we are, at times, watching this as we do this recording, because Erin needs a refresher of what's going on here. So if she exclaims things, that is because she's watching the, uh, the, the video, um, not because she's suddenly pictured it in her head and had a moment of horrifying realization.
0: Although you can imagine that. That might be fun. <laughs>
1: Uh, so that, so the other character they meet here, uh, or that we meet here is the most annoying little boy in, in the history oh. of any movie whatsoever. And,
0: um, I remember having this thought the last time that we watched this, he is, it's this kid that was like in all of these like early 90 movies, 90s movies was like an annoying sidekick. Yeah. He's blonde.
1: Uh I yeah, can see and, him wearing a an yellow... Annoying, blonde, bespeckled sidekick, know-it-all kid with yeah. an intentionally grating voice. Yeah. It's just too much. This kid is too much. This needs to be toned down like five levels because immediately comes up and he's like, Hey there, this train is a 1931 who gives a fucking shit and he's so annoying. You just immediately want to punch him in the face. I, like I, know I know that's the idea is that you're supposed to hate him. Um, but it's it's too much to handle. This kid is way too much to handle.
0: Oh oh oh! It's it's uh it's the uh, kid uh, in Big who's Tom Hanks's little kid friend.
1: Oh, I don't remember that at all. Oh no, it's him. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they drive the or the the train goes past this department store in town. And I think it's funny because all the kids go ape shit and they run over to the window to like to like check out the department store. They're on a magic train that just showed up outside of their house, and yet they're still excited about looking at the department store that they drove by.
0: Children are more full of wonder than you are.
1: They, they should be in wonder about this magic train that they're on, not the department store that they see every well, single day.
0: I feel like maybe a lot of these other kids, this is a repeat journey for them.
1: So what we are to believe, though, that this train ride is for kids who are on the verge of not believing in Santa Claus. But, i would just so be is, on the verge
0: is, for several years right to get this so train yeah train. i
1: mean i guess as you get older this 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 tendency is not going to disappear so for the rest of their lives they every christmas the train is going to come by and be like here's your annual reminder that santa claus is real get on the train gary come on no. wake up I know that you're 48 years old and you went to bed early, but time to go see Santa Claus. It's a critical year for you. Yeah, and then, and then you then didn't they, write Santa again this year, Gary. And then he gets on the train with all the kids. Yeah, that's that's creepy. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's Gary, a that's a. Gary they should do that Saturday Night. Middle-aged
1: Gary's is finally starting to doubt Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> he gets on a train with all the children. Yeah, like, what the hell are you? Are you a little old? We believe in Santa Claus. And he's like, I don't, know, I, I don't know.
0: They, uh, the, the conductor asks for the boy's ticket, and the boy is like, I don't know what's going on. And there's this very ominous. Ch- shot of Chekhov's pocket hole over here. <laughs> <year. laughs> yeah, <laughs> which becomes very important later. yeah
1: He's got a giant hole in his pockets, yeah. but the other pocket does, in fact, contain a gigantic, shiny, golden ticket.
0: Oh um, man! And then here, here's another moment of disappointment. If I got a golden ticket, you know what I want? Hmm. Willy Wonka's oh, golden yeah. ticket.
1: Yeah, but the, all these these kids don't get nearly as fun of an adventure.
0: No. So the, the conductor well, they also takes don't get their murdered. tickets.
1: They by, do not get none of them get murdered as they do at by Willy getting Wonka.
0: Eaten by the fudge broom.
1: I mean that would be a better movie if you did a cross, a, you know, cross between those two, where these kids get golden ticket, they go up to see Santa, and then all but one of them are killed by elves. I mean elves, oopaloompas are basically elves. This is a great idea. Yeah. And Santa Claus, you can get, uh, you can get what's his name, Johnny Depp to play a strung out Santa Claus.
0: Hang on, hang on. Johnny Depp was never. Willy Wonka.
1: He was Willy Wonka. Right? He
0: was never Willy Wonka. <laughs> we that movie does not exist.
1: You can get a uh, you can get the corpse of Gene Wilder to play Santa Claus.
0: Yeah. Well, considering uh, that this movie is only going to be made in the afterlife, he's already there. It's this fine. Is,
1: this is going to be a Nork Studios production. Oh God. Um, <laughs> along with. Enter the Fudge Dungeon. What, what was the other one? We had some some other.
0: I don't know. i meant to Enter the remember, Fudge Dungeon now.
1: I don't remember now what it was. Um, so the Ooh. conductor does this bullshit thing where he, we'll come back to this later. Where he he punches out letters into the kids' tickets. Like one of the tickets, he punches out the letters L E, and you're supposed to be like, oh, what's this? You know, what's the payoff of this going to be? Spoiler alert. There's no payoff. This is bullshit. Anyway, we'll we'll come back to that.
0: You're very um, angry about
1: this. It's stupid. They should. They just should have left it out. It adds nothing to the movie. It's just a dumb flourish. That's just just purely dumb. So anyway, the the train makes its way through town. It stops at the edge of town at this dilapidated like hut on the outskirts, on the wrong side of the tracks, where literally, literally, where they pick up. They end up picking up this other little runty kid,
0: who is.
1: Now I'm for. A, for I'm going to be indelicate for a moment here, so everyone Gird your get brains. ready to clutch your pearls a little bit.
0: All right. And this
1: kid is a straight-up FLK, funny-looking kid. Okay. Um, which is an unkind term sometimes used uh, by callous medical professionals to describe a child. You're who supposed
0: really, to say callous med- medical professionals like myself. Like
1: myself, who who appear to have some sort of ill-defined genetic abnormality that's not immediately apparent. So it's not like, oh, that kid has down syndrome or or any of the more recognizable ones. But has something that you can't quite put your finger on. That that's this kid. He's got something wrong with him. I'm not intentionally. I don't think they intended for him to be animated in this way. Right. But he he of all of the characters in this movie looks the most bizarre to me.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's running after the train. So
1: he decides that he's... The, the, the FLK decides he's not going to get on the train, but then he changes his mind. And so the kids on the train pull the emergency stop lever, which sends the train screeching to a halt. And that's in, what happens
0: to trains. It's a key feature.
1: That's right. And um, it incurs the wrath of the conductor, who comes back and is not kind. This is another interesting feature of this movie, is that the conductor... Um, in a way, this sort of reminds me of Mary Poppins, which, as we were talking about earlier, the Mary Poppins character is a mixture of being relatively stern and she, harsh.
0: No, she is kind but firm.
1: She's kind but firm. And this conductor is, is kind he? but extremely firm because he comes back and he starts screaming at these kids. Well, then
0: he's not being kind. <laughs> he needs to do one, two, three, I'm taking care of me. Yeah, you
1: know, he needs to hug himself. He needs to put on a squeezer, squeezer vest.
0: And he needs to take a breath, or two. He's
1: needs to go lay under a weighted blanket. Yeah. Um, hey,
0: weighted blankets are awesome.
1: <laughs> Eric got this weighted blanket that I tried sleeping underneath.
0: Oh, it's amazing.
1: But I had the overwhelming impression that I was dying all night, that 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 a gremlin was perched upon my chest.
0: Uh, no, that was a cat.
1: <laughs> it was a weighted blanket. That's <laughs> what it was. I couldn't breathe. So, um, the conductor puts the fear of god in all the kids and and screens them to get back in their seats which they do but then segues immediately in into maybe the weirdest part of the movie i mean there's a lot there's a lot of contenders for this but he asks if they would like some refreshment to which they say yes and then a troop of waiters serve service people come Somersaulting into the they are train.
0: Graduates of the Cirque du Soleil, so they're all French Canadian.
1: <laughs> yes, well, they're very acrobatic, and they. This is, I think, probably the most off-putting bit of animation in the movie, because it is very unrealistic and sort of weirdly robotic and disturbing. The performance that is under that is demonstrated here.
0: I like how the, the little girl is, takes her cup away. She's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not." doing this
1: no she's hiding it because she she wants to have extra to give to the boy in the back so she, she's she's oh. squirreling away some of the hot cocoa to give to the oh that's the, nice the stowaway boy
0: that's very kind
1: um tom hanks meanwhile is belting out tunelessly this song about hot chocolate he's just basically screaming hot chocolate over and over again uh, while these while these waiters this wait staff what are they i mean this is my question are these they're poor beans are they no i mean the nature of them the metaphysical nature of them oh are they people are they spirits are they what i mean they do they do not appear to obey the laws of physics in any way
0: is tom hanks a person
1: i th- he think he is because at some point he describes his like when he was younger Okay. It's like, oh my younger days, my first, my first time doing this route.
0: Well, what happened was that Santa went to the Moulin Rouge, and Ooh. he picked up the oh. dancing waiters uh-huh. from the like a virgin scene in
1: the in the tower. was oh, that what happened to them? And then, I've always wondered.
0: And then they're stuck on this train as penance for know. enabling the Duke.
1: Yeah, so they're in limbo. Yeah, this is they're their purgatory. Serving, serving out, yeah, serving out their penance for crimes yeah after this scene they all went back to their sleeping cars where they were flagellated with cat of tails the rest of the evening
0: He just has hot chocolate poured out on them all night
1: <laughs> yeah well over. so first they had their skin torn asunder by the cat of tails and then hot chocolate was poured upon it
0: yeah
1: ouch traditional ritualistic santa claus torture scene yeah as often portrayed in scandinavian folklore
0: no, no, that's Krampus.
1: Oh, right.
0: Different, so, different guy.
1: So um, the uh, conductor suddenly realizes that the little girl, he hasn't taken her ticket yet. Uh, and she's misplaced it or something. I don't remember what happens. So the conductor's like, oh, you're going to have to come with me. And he takes her off. And Who
0: cares? It's a weird magic train. Why does anybody need tickets? Yeah. And you're just making them appear in their pockets right. anyway. Yeah, yeah. The, t-
1: the ticket was placed It's probably there. his fault. <laughs> only his fault you can't find the ticket you know, it absolutely is it's a weird mind fuck it's another example of how this movie's bizarre because yeah you're not supposed to have a ticket so when you when the the conductor's like where's your ticket and you're like i don't know what you're talking about this train magically appeared outside of my house and the conductor's like you don't have a fucking ticket come with me little girl and no, then drags no. you off he
0: he says no ticket and then he throws her off the
1: Train. so that's what the kids are saying right so so he he drags her off and the little know-it-all boy is like oh he's gonna throw her off the back of the train she's as good as dead and so the the protagonist runs after them to, to try to save her
0: well i thought that tom hanks was just executing uh the Indiana girl he's
1: executing the girl no, I thought he was
0: ex- executing he executing
1: and jones our friends well oh which is that Remind when they're me.
0: in the uh in the blimp and he dresses up as a as a Nazi and he throws someone off the blimp and then he all the people are looking at him like, Why did you do that? And and he improvises on the spot, no ticket, and
1: then all oh, the, the yeah. uh yeah, I remember blimp that. people yeah. get out their tickets out their and tickets. start waving at him. Yes. No, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I think that was what he was doing. Should be. I mean he's clearly a big Indiana Jones fan because later in the movie um, when the conductor has to fight that uh, giant ruffian.
0: He rips out his heart?
1: He, no, he just shoots him in the head. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, r- this you know, the is, ruffian like does all the fancy this. sword play, and it's like yeah. swing, and then the conductor right. just shoots his brains out.
0: Well, you know why that happened?
1: Because he had bad diarrhea. Yes. Yeah.
0: Do you think Harrison Ford is happy that everybody knows that story?
1: <laughs> so, this, In case you haven't heard it, the story is that there was supposed to be an elaborate fight scene there. But Harrison Ford had a horrible diarrhea and didn't want to engage in a big fight scene. Yeah. So he said, what if I just shoot the guy? And they're like, yeah, sounds good. Ends up being one of the great, greatest scenes in movie history. So it all works out. Yeah. So the, the boy go, there is a, a, I think a really cool scene here where the ticket, the girl's ticket flies out the window of the train and then goes through a little mini adventure where it is blown through a ravine and then a bunch of snow wolves kick it up into the air. And then it gets picked up by a bird and the bird flies it around and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then it ends up back on the train down at the bottom of the hill after this, I think, kind of a cool sequence here. But the reason that this sequence is in the movie at all, and this is the first of these, but there are many scenes like this where it only really makes sense if you remember that this movie was initially released as a 3D adventure. Oh, And so right. any movie where they really pushed it as a 3D movie...
0: Especially at the beginning of Especially
1: at the beginning. had all of these bullshit scenes of stuff coming at the camera... Or you know your 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 first person flying down a a track or something,
0: and it's just to show off
1: the three D effect.
0: I I remember being really irritated by this because this this is a one of those scenes, but then there's another thing that happens later on where it's just like just stop. There's a ton of
1: it in this movie. Right. There's a ton of it no, where the train very, is rocketing right. down a track.
0: Well, it's like a roller coaster, and it's just like yes. really, really irritating.
1: And, and one of them is okay. Two of them is okay. But it's really quite incessant in this movie. And again, it'll, you're like, why does this keep happening? It keeps happening because it was 3D. Right. This scene of the ticket, I think, actually holds up on its own. It's kind of a cool thing yeah. of it of it flying around and ending up back on the train. It's kind of cool. Um, Did you know that what the sound that most people associate with bald eagles
0: is actually the sound of a red tailed hawk? Because bald eagles sound like seagulls and that is not majestic for the oh, national animal of the United States.
1: I would, would it would be great if the sound of a bald eagle was like Well that's
0: a turkey. <laughs> turkey sound. <laughs>
1: Would be kind of cool. Which was
0: almost the national bird. The that turkey. Was, yeah, that's what that's what Benjamin Franklin was I think rooting if, for. You him. know,
1: I, I think a very fitting. If there's one thing Donald Trump could do,
0: is a good turkey gobble.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. Wait. Wait. Hey, hang on. Hang
1: on. Okay. Right.
0: Do your Trump yeah. doing a turkey gobble?
1: I, I I'd be happy to because I do the most fantastic turkey gobble. <laughs> Uh, pretty good gobble, 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 gobble. no it's not pretty good it's the best
0: yeah okay it's the
1: best it's amazing yeah all right you, i uh, declare i declare that the national bird of america is now the turkey because i do a great turkey gobble.
0: You're, you're, gobble, you're, gobble, gobble, gobble your turkey gobble kind of messed up your hair
1: and the new national soup of the united states is borscht <laughs> because it's delicious <laughs> So the boy follows the—he he, he, the, the, he sees the conductor taking the grill up on top of the train. Bizarre. I mean, even yeah, for a, a, a somewhat hallucinogenic fever dream of a movie like this, bizarre. that In the middle of the snowstorm, the conductor's taking this little girl up on top of the train to walk towards the front of the train.
0: I mean, it'd be one thing if they were trying to figure out how to get back to the year 1985 and they All needed right. to get the first capacitor right. oh up to God. 88 miles per hour. Then you can go on top of the train.
1: Is there any children's media version of Back to the Future that we can do for the show to Yeah, there's a book. To purge this from you? If you some... believe
0: that's gonna purge <laughs> it from me, you are out of it's, your mind. It's worth
1: an attempt. So the next episode we're going to do some sort of Back to the Future media.
0: Oh, I think so, actually there's a whole line of like pop culture books yeah. for you know late late gen x early millennial who want to relive their growing up pop culture moments yeah. with their now children young right. children sure so there's an x files and there's a back to the future right, right, right there's a i know there's a buffy although we don't have that one but yeah. we could do we could do an episode on All that
1: we're right. well we're going to so uh, here's uh, another of these Moments that really make me sit up and pay attention to what's going on here. It's a
0: Tom Hanks doppelganger number two.
1: Yeah, another Tom Hanks character, a hobo on top of the train who is having a. He's got a fire going on up there. He is boiling some water for coffee, and uh, he meets the boy. He proclaims that that he doesn't believe in Santa or something to that sort. He's he's he he immediately pegs the boy as a skeptic. And says, "Yeah, you don't want to be taken for a ride. Yeah, you know, look, you know, check me out. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm. I don't need a ticket. I'm king of the king of the North Pole up here on top of the train." Yeah. What is this guy supposed to be?
0: Well, clearly, he's king of the North Pole.
1: He is not. I I think very explicitly, he is not Santa Claus.
0: Oh no, he's not Santa Claus.
1: He is not the conductor. You nope. learn later that he's clearly not the conductor in disguise. He after he has this weird conversation with the boy
0: also feeds him gross coffee. He
1: gives him coffee where the water's been boiled with his socks in it.
0: Well, also you just shouldn't be giving a twelve-year-old coffee. Period.
1: Oh yeah, I guess that's the uh, <laughs> that's the biggest sin here. <laughs> Weirdest thing in this movie. Should never give a kid coffee. I mean, it's a myth about it stunting their growth. They but they just they don't need the caffeine. I mean, can you imagine? We we've been giving our son melatonin lately. <laughs> Yeah. Just to get him like sort of approaching some kind of state where sleep could maybe be achieved in the evening.
0: At a at a normal time. Giving him
1: coffee, I can't I can't even contemplate a scenario where that would make even a little bit of sense.
0: Yeah. No. It's
1: impossible. So, so anyway, the hobo does this, this crazy magic trick where he scoops up his entire camp up into a, yeah. a a satchel on his back and storms off. So you know, saying, "Okay, follow me. I'm going I'm to take you to the front of this train." Um, his, his
0: face looks like melty.
1: He's got he's, he does he's got a, a weird kind of creepy, long melty face. He asks the boy before they depart, "Do you believe in ghosts?" And the boy says, "No." And the guy goes, "Interesting." And, and, <laughs> and that's it and then and then storms off it's very weird yeah um, and so you know i've seen this now several times and i'm like what is it i I'm always tried to figure out what is the intention of this character supposed to be
0: okay so movie idea polar exp- it's like polar express but halloween version where the train takes you and when you're on the cusp of not believing in ghosts
1: yeah, oh yeah or, it, like,
0: witches or whatever.
1: Right. No, whatever it is. Whatever mythical thing sure, you're yeah. about to not believe in anymore, Yeah. the train takes you to go see it. Yeah. You're about to not believe in the tooth fairy anymore, and the, the train comes up. It's like, uh No, tooth
0: no, no. Tooth but it's it's Halloween themed, so it's, like, scary stuff.
1: Yeah, but, you know, you could do anything with this idea.
0: Well, sure. You could have a whole... You could do Easter Bunny, uh, You could do,
1: like, Legitimacy of American Democracy.
0: Oh, yeah. We need that and train. And it could
1: take you back to 1776. <laughs>
0: we should have uh uh the the dollar train about the the full faith and credit of the united states backing up the u.s dollar (laughs) which right michael lewis is worried about this about donald trump saying something on twitter about how we're not going to pay back the chinese and all economic and financial hell breaking loose and i was like someone should be thinking about that but now you've given him the idea. Yeah, he's gonna do he it. He might just it's do like, it. Whatever,
1: I'll do whatever the fuck I want. He to. might
0: be like Michael Lewis. I will prove you right. <laughs> Done. I like it. Just
1: to have a brief political diversion here. <laughs> I, I, Donald Trump saying in full seriousness: What if we just default? What if the United States just I – mean, because of course he thinks that. He's fucking defaulted on his loans and he's declared bankruptcy a billion times. He's right. like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Yo, How about like, the United States just declares bankruptcy and defaults on his loans? You are a fucking idiot, Donald Trump. Please. Are you – oh, my God. Okay.
0: <sighs> <laughs>
1: also, the, the scenario
0: that was described was that he would say that we're not going to pay the Chinese back you basically can't be technically impossible to do to like sort out which of these
1: bonds were owned by Chinese. Yeah, of course it's impossible. But the,
0: but the whole point, the whole point is that the, the financial and economic uncertainty with one third of the United States, or even a quarter being, thinking this is a good idea would just completely destroy the credibility that the United States has to like make good on all these bonds.
1: it, dis- it would crater the world's economy. Yeah, it a- would. Immediately. Yeah. In a myriad of ways. Yeah. It, 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 okay. The, back to Polar Express. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think about this anymore. <laughs> um, so, uh, we, we end up undergoing another one of these 3D uh, features where the hobo suddenly reappears with a pair of skis and you're like what the why the fuck does the hobo have a pair of skis well he has a pair of skis because we're about to do this 3 d skiathon down the train mm-hmm. so we can show off the road motion or whatever of, of this that's the only reason for that
0: i think that i wanted to not watch this ever again because i think i remember getting motion sick i believe it because I, I am much more susceptible to this now than I used to be when I was yeah. a kid. Like, I would read all the time in the backseat of the car. Like, that's not going to right. But now, when I even when I'm looking at this on the laptop, I'm like, Ooh, <coughs> getting a little green over here.
1: <laughs> so, the, <laughs> the bo- the bo- yeah, no, I see that. At least you didn't yeah. turn white with fear.
0: Well, I'm not scared. I After just want to vomit.
1: Please see previous episode where I debate the the veracity of being able to turn white with fear that'd be our mosh of the bear episode right uh so the boy uh, ends up skiing down into the engine room of the train where the the two train engineers are out front doing some i guess they're replacing the light bulb on the front of the train and uh again i just asked the question what is the the metaphysical nature of these train engineers are these Human beings who have been pressed into service by a tyrannical Santa Claus are they spirits of the north, overgrown elves, oversized elves? But I mean, they—they have a certain demonic kind of appearance and nature to them. So, I mean, you wouldn't look at them and say, "Oh, these are benevolent creatures."
0: They're—they're trusty—they're crusty train guys, like.
1: They're very crusty. I mean, they look like they they look like extras from Breaking Bad uh, in, the, in the in the parts <laughs> yeah. where Jesse what's the name Pinker Pinkman Jesse Pinkman has his meth friends over. Yeah, that's what they you look
0: know like. who they look like. They look like the robbers from uh, Home Alone. One yeah. of them kind of looks like Joe Pesci, and one of them kind of looks sure. like the other guy.
1: Sure, yeah, Daniel Daniel Stern. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, so the train gets stopped because there's a herd of moose or reindeer or something, who I guess they're moose who have gotten on the tracks.
0: They don't have a moose shovel? Or c- catt- cattle? A moose
1: catcher? Ca- just, cattle just, catcher. Cattle, just plow through them. Yeah. <laughs> Again, better version of this movie where they just, instead of stopping, they speed up and just send a tsunami of moose, moose carcasses flying left and right. As the...
0: Oh, those poor mooses don't didn't, didn't and, do anything.
1: Meanwhile, the conductor is screaming at the kids, do you believe in Santa now, kids? As, as what are the moon? moose entrails come splattering across the <laughs> the windshield <laughs> what do
0: you think that hot chocolate was made of <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah so well the, also
0: the other thing that's weird about this is this is a magic train right it has to be yeah so why wouldn't the magic train just have like a moose radar that said moose don't be on the track
1: moose 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 alert yeah there can be like a how 9000 who's like pardon me conductor I sense moose on the track ahead. Yeah. Hal, please emit moose-repelling sonar. I'm afraid I can't do that conductor. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was, yeah. I was, I was going to say that.
1: So they get the moose to leave by a, a scheme of the conductor pulling as hard as he can on one of the engineer's beards. The engineer screams out in agony, and, and the moose respond in, in kind because I guess it kind of sounds like a moose- mating what? or, or sc- screaming why um, doesn't he
0: just throw some of those refreshments that he was going to give to the kids off so the moose could be like "Ooh, food
1: yeah it's
0: carrots not sticks
1: well this is a chance to torture one of the in- train engineers so you're not going to pass that up when you get it's that not. opportunity
0: it's just, this movie has weird values i mean what do you
1: think happens in the other 364 days of the year when they're not taking this trip it's the conductor in a basement somewhere with these two engineers wreaking God, havoc I on their physical form it's so
0: boring to do that for 364 days a year
1: well you mean that's why it's that's why it's hell no i mean it is hell i think no. i think, I think uh, it's abundantly yeah. clear that's what's going on here um so we go into yet another of the 3d scenes of the train rocketing at um i think it's described as 179 degrees down <laughs> so it's not exactly vertical
0: this is when I was there, like, I am done with this movie. There's
1: no scene of the inside of this train. If you're in a train yeah. and you go down even a 15% grade, right? this is a serious grade. It is yes. highly noticeable. Well, uh, I mean, this,
0: the, is, this is the same as the big like Sidewinder or Fahrenheit... 451 yeah, or whatever no, it is, is at a, at hershey park yeah where it goes up vertical and then it like dives back in
1: No, this is like a roller coaster at some uh sketchy it's, mexican theme park no no that it's would like that, illegal in the united states
0: it's like that that water water slide one that that um, no, at
1: a- action park the,
0: no that decapitated the kid the senator's kid
1: oh I, I don't know about that it's
0: it's worth reading about if you want to be depressed about regulation in kansas but
1: i always do um, so the conductor takes them back to the train and they go through a car of the train where Santa Claus apparently is collecting cast out, broken, dirty, evil looking toys. To this be-
0: seems like a scene out of Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean this is another super creepy weird scene where there is this car full of creepy broken toys. Most of them are hanging – even if they're not marionettes, they're hanging as if they are from the ceiling, swinging around like, like you know, this is like the uh, this is like the outside of a medieval castle where the population has been put on stakes as a warning to yeah. others who may come. So it's a, it's the
0: toy version of having your head on a pike.
1: It is. And mm-hmm. so they have to, they, they pass through this. If, if as an adult person, I had to walk through a train car that was done up like this, I would probably have a nightmare that night because this is creepy AF. This
0: is a – there's a scene in Better Call Saul where they uh, intimidate some kids in a piñata factory. Yeah. Very much reminiscent of this. Yeah. Um, And it is super creepy.
1: So uh, the hobo, our friend the magical ghost hobo, is on the roof of the train as it turns out. And he is manipulating one of these puppets and screaming at the boy – uh, you're a doubter. You're a doubter. I know what you are. I'm putting the fear of God into this kid for doubting the existence of Santa Claus, screaming at him, "You don't believe." It's not very nice. Now is as good a time as any, I think, <laughs> for right. me to express my utter displeasure at this.
0: Do I, do I need to be here for this, or?
1: <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Listener, you don't either. If you want to skip, if you want to skip ahead
0: for, for
1: three or four minutes, which is probably all this will take for me to get this out of my system,
0: Be a this is
1: fucking bullshit. All right. So, here's the thing: all of these movies take it upon themselves to portray this as just a a horrible state of affairs that a that a rational human being at some point in their life will, in fact stop believing in Santa Claus as a necessity, right? I am reminded of Philip Pullman and particularly his series, His Dark Materials, which he has said that the theme of these is directly in opposition to this notion that when you leave childhood, you have left the best part of yourself behind, and that the rest of your life is a dour. And not as magical, when in fact, as he you know is portraying in his books, this is not something to be sad about, but something to to celebrate. Hang that on, you're...
0: does he do his own laundry?
1: What? Because
0: if he did, he might not say that. Because <laughs> it's never. You can ending. celebrate
1: finally doing your own laundry, <laughs> making your own peanut butter sandwiches, <laughs> wiping your own ass. <laughs> No, that, but that you can celebrate the emergence of a of, of rational mind able to grapple with the actual nature of the universe where not everything has to be a tremendous, a noble mystery. Right. Um, that, or, or like black and white. Or black and white. That the emergence of shades of gray in one's life is not, in fact, a, 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 a something to bemoan, but something to celebrate and to embrace. Yeah. And I, I, I think what this maybe what this boils down to in my mind is actually the contrast between a conservative and a liberal, you know philosophical viewpoint. Um, but that being an adult is not something to fear or, or be filled with dismay, but in fact is its own perfectly valid phase of life to, to celebrate. So why can there not be a Christmas movie where the realization that there's not a Santa Claus is in fact, a way to represent the awakening of one's mind to the, to the actual sort of wonder of a universe and would, that does not require the existence of Santa Claus. The other problem I have with this is this explicitly Christian notion that to have meaning in one's life requires that you believe, capital B, believe in things that are beyond understanding that if you do not have this, that your life is without meaning, which is inherently nonsense. This, this, this is just simply not true. You know, people who are like, well, if you don't believe in something, if you don't believe in something magical, then what's the point? You know, what's, what's, what's the point in anything if you can't believe in a magical being who will grant you magic wishes? It's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? That's crazy. That's like saying, You know what, Aaron? I'm going to win the lottery someday. I'm going to. I'm going to live my life as though I'm going to win the lottery. And you say to me, but you're probably not going to win the lottery. And I say to you, shh, listen to me. You adhere to the secret. My life is not worth living if I don't think that I'm going to win the lottery at the end. What's the point? What is the point of life if I'm not going to win the lottery? And you say, well, I think you probably think of something. And I say, no, no, it's only meaningful if there is this absolutely tremendous, unworldly prize to imagine that I'm going to have at some point. Or maybe you just enjoy what you have, you know, that so that is my soliloquy on this.
0: So my response is, and I talked about this a little bit in the Christmas Chronicles episode, but. Santa, another view of Santa is that Santa represents the best that we can be in terms of caring for our fellow people. I mean, Santa, like, gets a token cookie, but he brings presents to all these people. He just gives. Right. Out of the goodness of his heart. Okay. And when a kid stops believing in Santa, there is, uh, I don't know that I would exactly characterize it as a risk. But there is like a, I feel like you're supposed to figure out that Santa doesn't exist at a time when you can start to appreciate that the joy of giving is more important than the joy of
1: getting. Yeah. Well, here's how you sell that, though. Listen, here's the Christmas movie that you make. You say, yeah, turns out there is no Santa. You know what's even more wonderful than Santa, though? The fact that... You don't actually need to have a supremely beneficent supernatural being to be kind to people. As it turns out, people can do that without a magic power. Isn't that even better? Yes. The answer is yes. That's even better. Well,
0: it's, it's like uh, it's, it's a way of having like an anonymous donor that is just giving money because they believe that the symphony should have it. Yeah. Versus, uh, and and I mean, yeah, all kinds of people have all kinds of motives for donating or whatever, but the difference between an anonymous donor and having your name on the donation. Right. And if, so if Santa gets the credit, you don't get the credit. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's purely depersonalized. So there's no, it's like in The Good Place, how, how they're like, if you know that you're The
1: the television show, The Good Place on NBC.
0: Yeah, yeah, all that. Um, If you were following the rules... Then with the intention that you're trying to be good so that you can get into heaven, you can't possibly like all your motives are corrupt. So you can't actually accrue any points.
1: Well, so small sidebar, because there's a philosophical point to be made that there is no such thing uh, or it's difficult to actually achieve a selfless act because people who do things solely because it feels good to help people are in fact doing it for a selfish reason because it makes them feel good. So, the only truly selfish people would be people who are doing things to help people despite the fact they absolutely hate doing it, which most of us would view as a curmudgeonly Scrooge. Yeah. But you could make a very strong argument that they're the only ones doing something actually selfless for another person. Your point is well taken, but I'll say this, though. Most of these movies are not... Like this movie, for example, it is not even attempting to say, oh... You're losing belief in the power of goodness and generosity. No, it's very specifically and intentionally referring to the singular entity of Santa Claus as a person, as a being. Right. Rather than doing what I think, you know, you're pointing out would be the far more meaningful tactic of rather than in the existence of Santa as a person, the existence of goodwill and generosity and et cetera, et cetera.
0: I mean, the body of Santa movies and what it represents. And I will confess that I I was influenced by a Facebook post that I read about this, talking about a kid coming to their parent and saying, I, uh, the jig is up. I don't believe in Santa anymore. And the parent reframing it as, so now it's your opportunity to give without expectation of recognition.
1: Be the Santa you want to see in the world.
0: I mean, kind of, yeah. You know, when when so we have, we have two kids separated by about four years, so we're going to have a a probably lengthy period of time where uh, older kid knows and younger kid doesn't.
1: I have a believer and a disbeliever. Yeah,
0: and so older kid is 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 going to be happy about being able to do fun things and and not get recognition. Right. But part of that is like adopting, wearing the spirit of of Christmas, Santa Claus.
1: I look forward to it,
0: yeah, right <laughs> well, you're no, you're you're, you're gonna be the parent who like there's parents who have like a a party for their daughter's first period. yeah, you're gonna have a party for the day that that our kids say, I don't believe in Santa Claus, yeah.
1: I'm like oh thank god. <laughs> thank god I can just stop thinking about this and worrying about it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All the kids can believe in Santa for as long as they want to. I'm not uh in real life I'm not uh, quite so uh militant with the kids about this stuff. I don't I'm not a hardcore anti Santa. No. I'm a softcore anti Santa.
0: Well, you're just like not like doing things anyway
1: i deflect all questions about santa with answering by saying well what do you think and then yeah. and then changing it's the, changing the topic
0: well and and i'm i'm the one who's like all right we need to leave cookies out for santa <laughs> or what do you want to leave them out <laughs> right. like if you wanted to leave them some hot chocolate like yeah. what are you gonna leave out for the reindeer
1: yeah so anyway back, back to the movie because we're this is going to be epically long
0: uh, uh maybe it's gonna be a two-parter.
1: podcast. Um, so they're. Let me just is there's singing? Is, is, they're, they're, so they're singing a song. So no. the, the the three sort of main kids of the movie break out into a song, which is stupid because this is not a musical. You cannot in a non-musical, where where there are no cues that it's a musical, have a scene in it.
0: They sing a song about hot chocolate from a musical.
1: The difference there though is that you could imagine that all of those guys had rehearsed this and they all knew the song, and so it made sense they were all singing it together and they're breaking out into a song because it's like at a shitty restaurant when someone's birthday and someone comes out and starts like, Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, you know, yeah. and they're all synchronized or whatever. That's what that scene was. Fair enough. But when three strangers suddenly break out into a shared song and it's you're not in a musical, yeah. this is a problem. You can't do that.
0: You, Unless it's jingle bells.
1: Well, if it's a song that that that's could in the public domain, sure. yeah, you can imagine that people know this is some random shitty song that they all just start singing. Yeah. No, you can't do that movie. Get that get that shit out of here. It's bullshit.
0: Um Well, we're so, we're seeing some northern lights and some uh some North Pole action.
1: Yeah, so at this point We're finally point, getting there. We're getting there. So well, We're they, halfway through the movie. <laughs> finally at the North Pole. So so they get to the uh they get to the North Pole. Um, and the, uh, the, the I, we'll skip why this happens, but the three kids end up, uh, getting stuck in one of the train cars that unlatches from the other cars and then rockets away from its train station in the middle of North Pole City, wherever the fuck they are. Here is another semi-fascinating part of this movie for me, where the kids are wandering through Christmas City. It's abandoned. Everything is half size because these elves are, are small elves. There is a Christmas carol sort of playing in the back in, in the background. They're wandering through this place is abandoned. It's because all the elves are in the in the center of town waiting for town Santa. Square. They're in town square. But this is a weird creepy scene of them wandering through this abandoned city with this Christmas music playing. And then the Christmas song starts skipping.
0: Yeah, here's another creepy part.
1: And the one of the boys looks through a window, and he sees a record player that's playing the song that's going through the PA system, and it's skipping. Right. Weird.
0: Totally weird. Sort Why of, do they have a record player?
1: Sort of deliciously weird. I, I this. They this, should have
0: upgraded to just a normal MP3 player. They like should have had an, else. I, an
1: iPod sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Or a Zoom, <laughs> Not, at least. Yeah. Um, but I love this though. This is a great scene of, uh, again, very uncanny scenario and this eerie skipping music. And again, that one of the themes in this is of artifice. Uh, cause I, I didn't describe it earlier, but as they go by the department store and they look at, at the Santa in the window, it's a mechanical automaton Santa. A, animatronic. An, an animatronic Santa with the gear clearly visible in the back. Of the Santa Claus, the hobo when he meets the kid and pantomimes being Santa does the robot basically, and sort of has these herky-jerky movements as though he is a mechanical Santa. And now again, you see have the scene of this artifice, of this notion of this cheerful Christmas city, except that it is abandoned and quiet and silent, and it turns out that the Christmas music playing is being piped in from a broken phonograph that is skipping. And so it gives me a moment of, as the French would say, frisson. <laughs> it's great, though. And it, it to me, is a, another hint of what this movie could have been if it had abandoned this... The book. If it had abandoned the book and this pretense of being about putting the belief in Santa back into this kid and instead explored the far more interesting and cool notion of what happens when you start to see the cracks in the world around you. Um, Which Mm -hmm. this movie wants to do. It wants to do it so bad. There's so many parts of this where that's like, it's about to happen. Right. Uh, But then it fails ultimately to deliver on that promise. But this scene is from a much better movie that finds its way in here somehow
0: that's hard to, maybe not for you, but it's hard to make that into an uplifting
1: thing. It is hard, but that doesn't mean it's not worth trying because like I, again, it doesn't have to be a downer. I think, again, when you go back to what Philip Pullman says is that we are programmed to believe that it's a downer. We are programmed, culturally programmed to think that the notion of when you stop believing in Sienna it has to be a downer. What if you took it upon yourself to take up the challenge, though, of making that into an uplifted, you know, a well, hope-inspiring I, movie?
0: Well, first of all, I'd have to be the right person, and I'm not sure this team is the are, are the right people. Um, it's, but it's also just, I think you'd have a hard time commercially selling that as a Christmas movie.
1: That's why Nork Studios is going to have to do it. Sure. As an independent... You know, small producer, and we're beholden to no one.
0: Is Gary Busey going to
1: be in it? We, we're, Gary Busey's going to be in it. Nothing says Christmas like Gary Busey, so I, I think he's got to be in it. Sure. Uh, so anyway, the kids end up finding themselves in a, a gigantic pile of presents, which is scooped up in a massive sack. Uh, because the elves, as I guess part of their annual tradition, have this really overblown presentation where the presents get flown in via helicopter and dumped on the back of Santa's sleigh while the entire population of Christmas City uh, watches, uh, cheering.
0: Wait, is it called Christmas City or are you just calling it I'm just it saying at? that because okay. I don't
1: know what else to call it. The, a, a, again, sort of weird, the, um, the part now where Santa emerges before the crowd, I don't think can be interpreted as anything but menacing and weird. And I'm going to, you know, show this to Aaron again right now to uh, remind her of how utterly disturbing this is. So in front of a cheering throng of identically dressed elves, Santa emerges, his shadow splayed out across the crowd. This just
0: seems like a fascist dictatorship.
1: Well, I was going to say. If this doesn't remind you of the Nuremberg rallies, that is only because you don't know what the Nuremberg rallies are, because there is no other.
0: I mean, if there were like photo, the, the what would really put it over the top for me, and it's already over, but the if is if um the uh, Christmas City had uh, pictures of Santa
1: uh, all over the place, yeah. you know,
0: like how how countries do or, do or like,
1: you, like Kim Jong-un is on every right. like overpass that you go by every billboard right. yeah
0: or, or King Abdullah is all over Jordan yeah
1: or, that'd be great there's pictures of Santa and they all say Santa's watching you Right. Santa knows if you've been good or bad.
0: Well, so that's the choice of song. That's the the, the song that Santa comes out to. That's it's right. Santa Claus is coming to down, he's coming to town, he sees you when you're sleeping, he yes. knows when you're awake.
1: Yeah. No, there's so I mean, much it's this could have been sm- such a much better movie. It's mad creepy. Um, there's who, there's who another great um, moment here where all the kids are like, It's Santa, it's Santa and they're all they're all you know, going crazy and the, the main character, the boy is like, I can't see him. And it is, you know, showing things from his standpoint. And every time he tries to see sand, there's something in his way. There's an elf jumps up in his way. The elves do
0: the, like, uh, three kids in a trench coat thing. They're, like, standing (laughs) on top of each other. They're
1: they're doing human pyramids and stuff. Like, all intention, like, seemingly intentionally to block the the boy's view of him. Yeah. that's
0: real douchey. Yeah.
1: But the boy's getting frantic. He's like, I can't see him. I can't see him. And the other kids are like, he's right there. He's right there. And they can all clearly see him just fine. Right. And the boy just can't, he just can't quite see him. And it's great. There's yeah. a weird moment there where he can't, he's right there and the boy just can't quite see him. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. I, I like that.
0: It's like when you buy tickets to the the Radiohead concert, but you get an obstructed view. So you're just like every once in a while, Johnny Greenwood's poking out.
1: Yeah. Right. we speaking like, from personal experience here.
0: Well, my view was not
1: obstructed, but <laughs> my view was was fine. Um, go Radiohead and inductees in the 2019 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, by the way, congratulations! congratulations. I'm gonna have to call Tom York later and congratulate him. <laughs> yeah. Um, another kind of cool theme that's been throughout this movie is that but people who don't believe in Santa Claus can't hear sleigh bells, and so the boy looks over at the reindeer who are going ape shit when they see Santa Claus. I guess it's like when when you come when when a, a dog when their owner comes home yeah and the dog like shits their pants and run around in a circle and going crazy. This is what the reindeer do when they see Santa Claus. They lose their goddamn minds. It's reasonable. Uh, and the, and the, so the sleigh bells are shaking like crazy, but the boy notices he can't hear them at all. Uh, so anyway, Santa Claus arrives. He comes down. Um, Santa Claus, by the way, voiced by Tom Hanks. I'll <laughs> point out, he's gonna pick. Uh, one of these children to get the first present of Christmas, and of course he picks the boy.
0: Oh, I was going to say, does he pick Charlie Bucket?
1: He picks Charlie Bucket and gives him the uh, keys to the North Pole. He yeah. Said, uh, did you Do you like the North Pole, Charlie? And Charlie goes, I like it very much. And Santa Claus goes, that's good, because I'm giving it to you.
0: It's <laughs> pretty good Willy Wonka at that Thank part.
1: You. So, anyway, he Santa's got, like, a lesson to tell all the kids. He tells the smart-ass kid, basically, stop being such a fucking douchebag. And the kid's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'll give it my best. Um, that, that is literally what he sounds like. Yeah. No, I'm not, like, doing up that voice. That's what this kid sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so, he, he asks the boy what he wants for Christmas, for the first present of, of, of the New Year. And the boy apparently asks... For a sleigh bell, which is the most unrealistic part of this entire movie.
0: Yeah. No. Forget the magic
1: train showing up outside your house. A 10-year-old boy asking, what do I want for Christmas more than anything? A sleigh bell, please.
0: Yeah, no. Give me a break. Yeah, no. I,
1: My suspension of disbelief has been entirely ruined. It's been shattered. I almost a Nerf gun. In um, Santa Claus. Who, by the way, skinny Santa. Kurt yeah. Russell would be down with a Santa Claus.
0: yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's 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 got dad bod. He's got, he's
1: he's slightly paunchy, but he's uh, got dad bod. No, he's not he's definitely not filled out.
0: He didn't, dad bod didn't exist as a term in two
1: thousand four. Is this where it started? Do you think? Do you think a no. bunch of social media neophytes saw this movie, got sexually aroused by Santa Claus, and coined the term dad bod based on this? Uh, Is that what you're saying? No,
0: that's not what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, just checking. Because uh, that's reasonable. So he gives the kid uh, a sleigh bell. Um, the kids all get back on the train. <laughs> the other children are like, oh, let's see that sleigh bell that you got there. And he lost it because he put it in the broken pocket, the torn pocket.
0: Come on, man.
1: The uh, conductor what, punches their tickets again and completes the words that he had started on their tickets.
0: Right. This reminds me of the Edward Scissorhands.
1: He, he does, yeah, it is like <laughs> that. This extremely rapid uh, ticket punching. Yeah. Where he spells out these words. And, you know, who fucking cares? It's, it's a big letdown. It's a huge letdown. Because, like, the girls, for example. Which started with L.E. And a couple of scenes is briefly alluded to that she might lack self-confidence. And so he finishes the word on her ticket, and it's lead. It's like as in leader, as in someone who leads, like you. And I'm like, what? Ed, this is a, this is a fucking fart in a paper bag. <laughs> who cares? This, this, the payoff to this is nothing. So, and the boy, the protagonist, the word ends up being believe. All right, a little on the nose there. This should have been cut from this movie. This, this is just a. a a nothing burger yeah so whatever long story short they drop the boy back off at home blah 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 christmas the next morning he finds that the sleigh bell is in a package addressed to him from santa again the parents show i think not enough interest and concern in the fact that an unidentified rogue package is suddenly under their tree if, we, if this happens to us on Christmas, we're changing all the locks to the house and I'm calling the cops because.
0: I think we should get rid of the fireplace.
1: We would get rid of the fire. We'd on the, we would brick up the fireplace. I would install extra deadbolts on all the doors uh, because it would I, be, we have a creepy home invader if this were to ever happen. I'd
0: forgo. Uh, I'd get a webcam and I'd point it at the
1: fireplace. Right. Well, we'd reenact the scene from Christmas Chronicle. That's right. We'd do a ghost trap, except for Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the boy can hear the sleigh bell. His parents can't hear the sleigh bell. There's this coda where he's like, yeah, uh, my sister could hear the sleigh bell at first, but then after a while, she stopped hearing it. I still hear it, though. So, what, you still, you believe in Santa Claus for the rest of your life? I don't. Again, how is this something well, to celebrate? How he, in the he, world he is this met something?
0: Him. Well, the, in in this world, Santa Claus is real. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I if, if, so. If, if if I was like, I met you, I shook your hand, you gave me a gift. I mean, would I be like, I don't believe Brandon; is real. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, all right, you make a good point. You make a good point. I mean, so. it's a
0: it's a different different part of the multiverse.
1: Yeah. So there you have it. So what is...
0: I mean, that's actually... That's a really interesting sort of like sequel thought kind of. What if you met Santa and then you did grow up and you did still believe in him because you actually met him? Right. Yeah. You gave him a hug. You like exchanged niceties or coffee or whatever.
1: I, I mean, at some point you would start to wonder if you'd had a psychotic break. You'd be like, yeah, what was that? Was I... What happened to me that I have a stroke that I you know was I it was this an early sign of schizophrenia what what you know so that would be interesting
0: well especially but if you had like a the thing that Santa gave you oh yeah I mean it'd be weird you spend your whole life people are like yes yeah, Santa's not real what are you talking about yeah. like, but but I have this thing that he gave me right like he literally handed it to me <laughs> And then people
1: are like... And I can hear it ringing and nobody else can. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. That would be weird.
1: That would be the Polar Express too. Yeah. <laughs> the boy has become the man.
0: Yeah. It's like... Uh, it would be like uh, Polar Express met big.
1: <laughs> yeah. Met... Well, it would be like Pan. It would be like Hook. It would be like the movie Hook. Yeah. Where Peter Pan has grown up. Yeah. Except as the boy has grown yeah. up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Whatever. There's or Christopher there. Robin oh the new the new movie yeah the interesting thing about the Pooh movie which i took to see our son that christopher Robin movie is that yeah the um they they do not ever bother explaining oh, bother. Yeah. who says that
0: anyway keep, keep, keep. they don't
1: ever bother explaining these animals and the fact that they're real and they're alive
0: they just they just, well, just sure. take this like what? yeah no. why why would you
1: because of this need like in superhero movies there always has to be the origin story you know oh, yeah. we always need to have the explanation or the origin right. and the Christopher Robin movies like no fuck it we're not going to do that
0: well i mean like that's which i liked
1: i'm like awesome good
0: that's that's the the really so we're watching uh, Shira with the older kid right now or yeah. i am anyway and uh i really like <laughs> it it's fun but the first, like, two episodes, because it's all origin story, he's like, I don't understand why we're watching this. Yeah, he was
1: super bored. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Kids it's... don't need origin stories. Only adults need origin stories. That's it. Or, or, tell it in a
0: flashback when right. it becomes relevant.
1: Or tell it in the opening credits in 30 seconds as part of the theme song. And yeah. move on, because yeah. nobody gives a shit. Yeah. So, final uh, comments on Polar Express. Um, oh, I hate you... this movie <laughs> Aaron hates this movie so I, I, I don't expound think... please
0: I, I hate the 3D parts because they f- literally make me physically sick I, uh, I do find the people animation creepy I don't like the fascist undertones of the North Pole I um, am annoyed by all the children and quite possibly all the characters uh, I don't like just general The societal slavish devotion to santa it's just weird and uh there's just lots of other christmas media that i would prefer to watch
1: fair enough on all accounts um i will understand uh and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna defend this movie because i think it's ultimately deeply flawed and uh i would i certainly uh, understand why anybody would hate this I, however, am very drawn to it for the reasons previously described, which I see in it, because I see the kernel of it, inside of it, of an amazingly subversive movie
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, that really tweaks conventions and really gets in there into what exactly is at the root of our fear about kids not believing in Santa. And it's going there. It's like it wants to go there, but I feel like either... One of two things. Either I'm making this all up, and I'm just seeing it there because I want us to get there. Or it's there, but the filmmakers ultimately did not have the courage of their convictions to just go for it. And they ended up wimping out. What this reminds me of very much is a movie called Sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Which, to me, for the first two-thirds of this movie, is... I, I, I remember the first time I watched this. And about halfway through it, I'm thinking to myself... This is the greatest science fiction movie that I have ever seen. It is the greatest science fiction movie that has ever existed. This is fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And then it shits the bed (laughs) in the last 15 or 20 minutes so badly. So badly. And just just broke my heart. And that's not to that degree. but That's kind of what this is like. Where I'm seeing glimpses of like what I would love to do with a Christmas movie. And it's almost there, but it just doesn't either doesn't want to or it can't or they weren't creative or brave enough to go there with it. You
0: should write this movie.
1: I I should do some version of of this um, to my liking. Um, Anyway. uh,
0: So Brandon made me watch Sunshine, um, which is really not like my kind of movie. Who came up with uh, the terminology, Captain Stabby? That was you. Of course, it was
1: me. That was you. I don't want to give too many spoilers for for the movie Sunshine, but we will just Isn't say it like ten years old. We will say this: that that the ending the movie of this is mo-
0: ruined by Captain Stabby. The, the movie,
1: yes, <laughs> that the ending of this movie to the two of us can be summed up by the two words, Captain Stabby. <laughs> 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 so, the biggest disappointment to me in all of, all of, of cinema that I've ever experienced. Uh, and that would include the Phantom Menace. <laughs>
0: oh, snap! <laughs> snap!
1: So, um, well,
0: I think part of that is probably because you loved it so much for the first half. If you didn't like it for the first half, you'd just be like, ah, oh, whatever, this is a crappy movie, and you'd never think about it again.
1: That's right. No, I think about it constantly because it's such a such a you know f- a failed work of, of near genius. Yeah, you know I'm gonna do. much like the Polar Express.
0: You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a life-size cutout of Captain Stabby I just, like, put it around the house.
1: Yeah, just just to remind me of what could have been. It's interesting to go back and read the reviews of this movie um, because they are very polarized. polarized. Oh, no! Uh, (laughs) No! Yes. Uh, They are, though, because a lot of critics hated this for all the reasons that you just enumerated. Uh, A select few, though, including Roger Ebert, liked it a lot for the reasons that intrigued me, where they really did sort of hone in on the weirdness of it and the creepiness of it and the sort of undercurrent of eerie oddity that does separate it, to my mind, from all the other sort of Christmas drivel, even though it does ultimately wallow in that drivel. For moments, it raises its head above it and wants to be something else, and so I give it... A recommendation for at least a single viewing if you've never seen this before. Watch
0: uh, anything else except for uh, It's Christmas, Charlie Brown is my recommendation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We debated whether or not to do uh, the Christmas, Charlie Brown for this uh, podcast. I don't know. It's... um, I might like it too much. To what? I have a real soft place in my heart for it. I mean, I thought about. It. I've seen that so many times. I can basically like go through it, you know, line by line in my head. And um, I don't know. I just might be a big softy when it comes to.
0: Is this like how your favorite chocolate is Hershey's? Because that's what you ate growing up. Maybe. I mean, I get it. The best part of Charlie Brown's Christmas here, we'll just do what I was going to say in the podcast right here, is the dance scene at the end with all the little animated dance characters moves. I'm going to, we should, do we have a Nork podcast Instagram? We We don't. Okay, we should, and then I'll do a little Hyperloop video of me doing all the dance moves.
1: (laughs) The best thing about those dances is that it's literally like three frames of animation just repeated.
0: Yeah. It is the cheapest,
1: shittiest animation. Even by the standards of the day, I think it had to have been absolute shit. It's my favorite. Um, uh, Write to us, please, at norkpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Find us on Facebook.
1: Um, we are going to run a contest, I believe, where all emails and or posts to the Facebook page will be entered into a drawing for a special prize, Ooh. the nature of which I will not disclose at this moment Ooh. because I do not know what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you get, you get an entry for a like, a reap of share. Yeah. a An email. An email. Yeah of substance <laughs> don't send me a dick pic
1: <laughs> yeah no no dick pics
0: <laughs> you will get uh, uh, all of your or trans- if, i mean human. if you're going to make it good well okay here, here's in, what put some effort
1: into it if I you if
0: you send a dick pic i am going to forward it on to the that tumblr account that rates dicks
1: yeah immediately I mean, I'll, I'll rate your dick yeah, I mean, I—I'll I, I, tell you that if you send—if you send a dick pic, I will give you <laughs> honest feedback on our next episode. I'm not going to pony any plunges. I'm going to tell it, tell it like it is. All right, I'll give you honest feedback on your penis for free, for free. <laughs> We're going to um, get a lot
0: of dick pics now. God damn it! <laughs>
1: uh, rate and review us on iTunes, please. Oh yeah, it that's is, another way of getting an helpful. entry. Yeah, you'll get you'll get an entry for that. Music is Blind Loved Up by Norris. Jarus! Jarrus! <laughs>
0: I am offended by Jiris. Sir! <laughs> Jiris, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He just has <laughs> he just has bad memory. Yeah. It's Jarus. We love you and we appreciate the opportunity with um, you.
1: Uh I'm Brandon. I'm Aaron. Until next time.
0: Happy holidays. delicious I mean, even though the sound it. of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud Christ. enough, you're always so precocious. Super I'm de I'm de I'm 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 Well, that's
1: right there fine, Mary Poppins. <laughs> All right, Bert. I'm Dick Van Dyke, I am, I am. <laughs>
0: well, that's not a bad Dick Van Dyke.